The Very Serious Crafts Podcast is on Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash seriouscrafts to support our podcast, find out about our Patreon half-stitched episodes, and more. Hello and welcome to Season 5, Episode 12 of the Very Serious Crafts Podcast. I'm Molly from Wild Olive. And I'm Haley from Red Handled Scissors and the Bones and Bobbins Podcast. Today we'll be talking about beading, but not necessarily jewelry. Yes. Yes. We're not not making any necklaces today. No. Although I do keep finding beads in the floorboards of my house. Uh. They, um... I should start a collection. You should. Mm-hmm. I think I think that would be very cool. Even if they were just a small jar of, of beads. But it'd be interesting yeah. to see what, what all you find along the way. I found a lot of handmade straight pins. Ah. All right. Because, you know, people's clothes and yeah. lace and whatever needed pinning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Apparently. Um, anyway, um, before we talk about weird things that are in the cracks of my floorboards, um, or the thing we're actually talking about, yeah, beading, embellishing, that sort of thing, uh, let's give a shout out to our serious friends of the Very Serious Crafts podcast who support us on Patreon. They are the reason that we do this. And so we love them. Yes. And if you also want to listen to more of our antics on our Patreon half-stitched episodes, you should do that. Yeah. You should join us because there's, gosh, I don't know, an awful lot of them in the back catalog. There there is. And then basically it means when you are, when you join at like, the friend of the podcast uh, level, it means instead of a new episode every other week, our regular episodes, you get Mm -hmm. those half-stitched episodes, which means that every week you could get a little bit of of very serious crafts. It's It's true. It's the way to go. And, I mean, hanging out with us once a week, definitely better than every other week. Speaking of which, do you know that it was our 100th full episode? Um, last week, I believe. I, was it really? I was, I was thinking we had to be getting close and I forgot to check. Well, that's exciting. I only know because when I was putting the link in the podcast, the episode number yeah. was on there. And I oh was boy. like, oh, huh. Well, there so, you go. Yeah. So there are a lot. There's a lot. Of back episodes of us being our delightful (laughs) selves. And also my cat's meowing. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway. So, uh, should we, should we get down to it now? Yeah. I I think so. This is fun because the topic at hand is really, especially bead embroidery or forms of bead embroidery or, or maybe even just sparkly things embroidery but um uh we talked a few episodes back the tambour hook or tambour embroidery came up um and in fact some bead embroidery does use that but not all 
does. And so we're just going to, you know, expand the topic a little bit. Yes. So when I was thinking about topics for this episode, I just happened to be sort of idly clicking through random links (laughs) and inlay embroidering just as a phrase came up. And I was like, well, I, I know what inlays are in woodworking, and I know what inlays are in a lot of other things, but not necessarily beading or embroidery. And so I went down kind of a rabbit hole of, well, very 1990s belts. <laughs> I, I was going to say, when you Google it, that's exactly what you get. yep but I was like oh okay and then that sort of jumped me over into some art deco beading and then I was in the 20s and 30s where I am happy and (laughs) and I went from there but it got me thinking about beading that is not necessarily that doesn't give you like a specific compact finished product, but that is just part of an overall larger product. Yeah. And then I was thinking about, um, I have a, a fully beaded dress that is a very 1920s style dress that I wore to the Emmys many years ago. Mm -hmm. And it's gorgeous. so gorgeous, heavy, <laughs> and so beautiful. And, like, someone made those. Like, someone did that. Yeah. That's just, that's not how fabric is made. The beading is completely necessary for the actual dress to be what it is. But it's also, like, the beading could not stand alone. Yeah. I sort of like the idea of skills that sort of live in that in-between area where they are truly, truly technical skills, but they don't necessarily get the kind of attention that, like, the more in-your-face, like, jewelry settings and, um, and beaded design like necklaces, jewelry, yeah. decorative pieces. Yeah. Usually get. I was thinking about this this topic and first of all, one of the things that came to mind is I think it's now been 2 years ago I purchased a kit from Celia uh Jeggy and she is a bead embroidery artist and she makes gorgeous beaded embroidery pieces and then she sells kits for you to do it yourself. And I still have not made my, my kit yet to no one's surprise. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but I, you know, I was thinking about how, Oh, I, you know, I, I don't really do a whole lot of, of Jack, bead no. embroidery things. No, <laughs> speaking of, sp- <laughs> speaking of, of cats making noises. Um, uh, but but I remembered, um, actually, some years ago. Let me see if I can actually find the the accurate date on this because it's been a while. Uh, 2011, 
I did an online embroidery course and, and I called it all in the details and it was like, not like super fancy things, but it was about bringing little detail techniques and fun things into your, excuse me, into your embroidery. And, oh yeah, that's exactly what I'm talking about. That's awesome. Yeah. And it was, um, again, so it's 11 years ago, so I don't always remember all of the things that have happened so far back in my life at this stage, (laughs) but I did some, I did some added beads to some of my embroidery, um, did some things with sequins, did some things with unusual objects that aren't necessarily even beads. Like I, I embroidered a pocket watch and then I attached an actual chain. Like I, I couched the chain onto the fabric. So little things like that. And some of those things are, are actually a lot easier to add to your work than you would think. Like it doesn't, you don't have to even really learn an involved technique to bring some of those things into your work. Like, honestly, my favorite thing to do, I it, I don't always have feel like I have the right um, piece to do this with it, but like adding sequins to your embroidery because you can literally hold them onto the fabric with a French knot. Yeah. You don't have to add a bead to hold it down like you would with other things, but things like that, I love it. But in the midst of then me going down that lane, I remembered a beautiful technique that is um, shisha embroidery, which is also called mirror work. And I'm sure that you've seen it on Indian embroidery pieces. They're often little mirrors that are held down with stitching around the edges. Yeah. Well, you know, again, it's a, it's such a beautiful thing that, you know, there's lots of, of depth and meaning to it, but also... It's just gorgeous. It's also not easy to do. It's not easy to learn. So Shisha Embroidery has these little round mirrors and you like attach them without any kind of glue. It's just thread holding them down around the edges and you use stitches that in a way almost work like um, like crochet. It feels like you're kind of like crocheting the edges. I don't think I realized that the stitching itself was holding the mirrors in place. I always figured that there were holes. Yeah, there are no holes in those mirrors. Whoa. It's Whoa. And once you try it, once you try it one time, you go, wow. When you see these on things, they are done the by tension. skilled artisans. Yeah. And it... Requ- Wow. You you know, you like weave things across it and then it like all pulls tight. And there's there's so many ways that it's done. Like there's beautiful extra stitches that get added to them. Sometimes it's done with when I tried it, I used um you know the the large um sequins that don't have holes in the middle mm-hmm. that get used yeah. So you can use those. I also played with using similar techniques and uh, stitching down washers oh yeah that's cool yeah but um it that's like I don't I wouldn't think of that necessarily as beading and yet it falls into a similar realm and no it's, it's exactly a, the kind of thing that I'm thinking about, yeah and though. it is such a unique um technique that I, people are just very 
very highly skilled when they when they yeah. make those pieces. Well, now I'm, of course, looking through photos of them and just how cool. And they do look like embroidery, but embroidery, like knitting, is also just a form of weaving strands together into loops. And so nobody come for me, knitters or crocheters. I know how to do both. Um, but wow, the, just the detail and tension needed yeah. to keep those, especially because those are usually textiles that move. Yeah, because it, it will, you know, they're often added to silks. Um, and yeah, there, there, that's some really special embroidery because it really is, um, you know, specialized stitches and, and beautiful sequins or, or mirrors. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Now I, it, it isn't necessarily my aesthetic style, generally speaking. Exactly. But I really want to try it which i just think... because it looks like so much fun and also so hard yeah. to do yeah and it there is a i would say there's a fairly steep learning curve on it it takes a lot of practice to to do that right i oh it looks like i would be really terrible at it the first several times yeah um but I, as you said like the aesthetic being a little different than what you would normally go for is even why I was drawn to trying it with washers because giving mm -hmm. it a more industrial feel was a cool change. You know, I could see that looking really, really neat in tabbed curtains. It would look cool. And it would be a nice way to weight it down, you know? That's what I'm saying. And the cat would probably want to play as well. It's all good. <laughs> yes, I say as I am literally making batting motions at the cat who has just fallen back asleep, who had been chewing on everything in my area for the past 20 minutes. Naturally, naturally. That's cool. I hadn't even thought of that. Like, I guess that's also probably a similar technique that's used for attaching gems. I would think that would be... Because that has historically that. been a thing for evening gowns, like attaching precious and semi-precious stones. Yeah, because you... And you uh, wouldn't have wanted to... You wouldn't drill like, a hole through those. No, and yeah. it would have been on silks, so you wouldn't have used... Like, even if you could use adhesive, which, I mean, paste jewelry has existed for a very sure. long time. Yeah. But you wouldn't necessarily want to, and it also wouldn't look quite the same if yeah. it didn't also move in response to the fabric. So yeah. I, I wonder. Well, and it, it is, hmm. I think, you know, in a way, when you look at the mirror embroidery, it it has, the, the embroidery becomes like the setting. Like in the same yeah, way you would set a stone, exactly it's the setting for the mirror or the sequin. And so it would make sense to do that with other with gems or other things as well. All right. I am currently looking it up because apparently... Okay. <laughs> there seems to be an entire um, area of setting 
stones and stone embroidery. Of course there is. As there's cool. there's always there's always another like layer of thing that is existing that we we need to know about. Cool. Now I'm doing the Googles. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, speaking of which, um, when you talked about inlay embroidery, when you search for just inlay embroidery, it gives you some of the wildest cowboy boots I've ever seen. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's... So that's fascinating. Yep. So inlay embroidery and inlay beading were two separate directions that I went down. Mm-hmm. Then they're sort of not dissimilar aesthetics, um, especially if you're looking from the search results of someone located in the U.S. Yes. Who is the age that I am. <laughs> um, I definitely owned a good number of country western inspired beaded items. I, I like that secret side of you. That's... <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I don't, I don't generally talk about that a whole lot. Although, listeners, you, you may be amused to know, uh, especially if you have not been listening for a while, because I don't know if I ever mentioned this, but I was hired to do a project for country music television on 1990s um, country music stars. And there exists out in the world a cross-stitch pattern that I did of... Yes. Garth Brooks, Ellen Jackson, Shania Twain, and Reba McIntyre. So, should you feel the need to have an entirely <laughs> different outlook on um, from whence I came, I, I could maybe be talked into adding a link. We'll um, we'll vote for that. I think I'm, I'm officially voting for that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, there's just. So many more options and aesthetics with regards to inlay fill in the blank. Yeah. Than I had previously pictured before. Yeah. Starting to look through these things, like you can, there are truly modern looking things. There's Art Deco, Art Nouveau, like really, really cool, classy looking things. And things that I personally think are a little on the tacky side. But also, people love them. Yeah. And great. Yeah. I think that you should. Um, well, and it's seeing it's really fun to see all of that. Yeah. I was going to say, seeing a technique applied to many different styles also shows just how versatile it is. So I like that. Uh, yeah. So I just, I think it's really fun that. Pretty much every era that you can think of has had its own sort of decorative beading and decorative embroidery combinations. Yeah. And that pretty much any style that you can think of has a version of that. You know, I think when we talk about about beading in the embroidery context, we do usually think of things that sparkle um maybe have more like seed bead size Mm -hmm. of things you know we think of formal wear and glitz but um but although it's interesting that formal wear 
that is beaded and other techniques of beading aren't necessarily in the same like me having a beaded t-shirt and me having a beaded evening gown are exactly the same technique yes it's just, just that... very different yeah, feel exactly exactly but also you can use the same technique or or maybe you know a different technique but um to embellish with wooden beads and it changes mm -hmm. the aesthetic so much but so much but it's still like kind of the same it thing. can go from from very bright and colorful and festive to very earthy and like you can get kind of witchy yeah um, there's with like some like if you wanted to add say twigs into your like yeah you can make things feel so different with the same general skill set and I just think that's really cool yeah well when I was saying that I had done a piece where I added chain like a real just a fine piece of jewelry chain not like fine mm -hmm. like expensive like thin um and and I used well in that case I probably actually stitched through the little links but yeah like couching stitch if you're familiar with embroidery is basically a way of stitching and holding down another piece of thread or yarn or ribbon but you can apply it to other or things stick. or a stick <laughs> exactly that's the that is the thing you can hold down other mm -hmm. kinds of things i did a thing where i i stitched a peter pan cap like a little hat and i <laughs> stitched on an actual feather so you can, you can add those pieces. Probably the weirdest thing that I stitched. Okay, we also say like adding buttons into your embroidery is kind of like a similar feeling to you know adding mm -hmm. sequins or, or beads. But probably the weirdest thing that I ever stitched onto a piece of my embroidery is um, when you were a kid or maybe an adult. Did you ever um, collect the little? They're considered like eraser puzzles where it's like a food item and it's an eraser, but it also has several pieces that you can like take apart. Oh yeah. They were, yeah, they're yeah. like, there's a, a whole line of like the Japanese made. That you would get at book fairs. Yeah. And like Kinokuniya um, bookstore has like yeah. a whole big range of them. And there's like little cakes. And of course I have several hamsters. Um <laughs> a burger, etc. Well, I had one that was a donut and I took it apart and I took the frosting piece of eraser from the donut and I stitched it onto a piece of embroidery so that and then I stitched through it because eraser is soft enough you can stitch through an eraser and so I stitched mm -hmm. through it to make sprinkles and so I had this like three-dimensional eraser piece in my embroidery that I'd also stitched through. So like oh that's fun added, like, I've done cork oh yeah um, that would be a very cool thing to do with it it's really crumbly yeah it's very very fussy yeah well and I I have embroidered like on a thin piece of cork like a coaster and mm. then DMC made stitchable cork I don't know if they still make it but it's like very thin no like thin enough that you can actually put in an embroidery hoop it's thin and flexible enough oh wow and, interesting and i own a roll of it but i don't think i've ever actually stitched with it 
But yeah, I mean, depending on the type of cork and the size of it and all of that, it could be crumbly. But now we're not even talking about beads, but they can take the place of of those pieces. Yeah, and polymer clay. Oh, like, yeah. You can go from fine art to folk art to found art. Mm-hmm. And, like, this wasn't even the direction that I necessarily thought we were going to go in. But it's the right direction, clearly, because there's just so much there. Yeah. Yeah. And the range of, of things and, like, ways that you... And I... The ways that you can use it at different skill levels, too, I think is really, I think is really yeah. cool. That you can start out and just try it and throw something in there and then, or you can become, honestly, well, we talked about this when we talked about the tambour hook. Watching a video of that happening where someone is adding beads by hand with that method is, mm-hmm. it's satisfying it's and mind-melting. <laughs> It's yeah, watching anyone that skilled mm-hmm. doing something so intricate looking and so fast. Like I don't know, I it, it's just very satisfying. Well, I think like um Celia J she um her kits are very beginner friendly. But then she also will share videos of her making her fine art pieces where she like builds up the the beads and it's dimensional and she does portraits and, and more abstract pieces. And that's cool. The fact that you can get a, a beginner kit from her and she shows you how to get started and you see her expert skill level at, at doing that. That's beautiful. Like that. You really get a, a sense of the progression of where you can start, but also where you can go with the very same technique. Yeah, I love that. And I like, this is one of the few times that I actually like watching videos. Yes. <laughs> is when I'm talking, or when I'm going down a rabbit hole of the same technique done in different styles by different experts. Yeah. Like, it's so satisfying to watch. Yeah. I also just recently saw, if you just like seeing pretty pictures of of beautiful things, I just encountered uh, someone on Instagram. Her name is Helene Lebar. Helene mm-hmm. Lebert. Um, and I first saw her, she has a, a book of like floral cross-stitch letters mm-hmm. that are beautiful. And, um, but then in her Instagram, she shows a lot of pieces that she does with embroidery and beads and sequins. And they're just, it's that little extra something, you know, like where you didn't have to add the beads and the sequins in, but it makes it even more special because it's there. And I am not always a sparkly person. I like... No, I'm not always a fan of beaded embellishment yeah. broadly. Yeah. But I'm looking through her stuff and it's just well, it almost literally looks like frosting. Like yeah. in the most beautiful um like sugar crystals. Yeah. Almost. And it's um it's like the thing that gives it the finishing touch. Yeah. It's nice to see versions 
of this kind of work that challenge my general snobbiness about it because yeah like my opinion has nothing to do with the actual reality of the skill it's just what i saw in the midwest in the 90s and didn't like yeah i think that's exactly it you yeah the actual true skill and like the breadth of historic examples really completely proves me wrong. Yeah, I I think it's... And I love that. Because you are so used to seeing a thing that this, like, the new version is the unexpected thing. And you're like, wait a minute. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I really appreciate that as well because there's an embroidery artist that I follow. And she is... She's a classically trained embroidery artist, if Mm -hmm. if you will. And and I really respect what she does. Her work is exquisite. It's also just not, it's just not my style at all. And I would never make sure. the thing that she makes. And a lot of times it is like with real gold threads. And right. um, the, the, the extra embellishment where... And part of it is because it's I, I, I appreciate I, I especially love things that are have a more modern feeling to them and they are very traditional pieces that she makes and that's fine and still like worth taking in and, and learning from. So yeah. It's oh, yeah. just absolutely but also I I will say I own one of the do you remember DMC released like for their anniversary, they had gold skeins of embroidery floss mm-hmm. yeah so they sent me one of those as a gift for being part of their family of of dmc designers and and it comes in this giant box because it's like a commemorative skein of embroidery floss and um oh yeah i i've seen them uh-huh exist yes i don't have one but I, i've seen them exist. i don't know what to do with it <laughs> because i it's not the thing have that... you encountered the um the historic pastime that is called drizzling. Oh yes, we we did we talked okay, about this. We did this yeah. on here. I was we thinking did. we did it on Bones and Bobbins. No, we we did talk um, about this here. Yeah. Um, but see, it's already been drizzled, faux shizzled. <laughs> it it faux shizzled, drizzled. Um, <laughs> so now it's just a skein of of gold embroidery floss. Yeah. If this is all a, an absolute mystery to you, look back in our archives for for drizzling. It was probably yeah, I completely forgot that it was two to three years ago. Um, serious crafts, probably and season, not bones and bobbins. Yeah, I was gonna guess it's in season three, but anyway, um, I think that's right. Yeah, but so yeah, I've got this gold gold embroidery floss in a very fancy box, and I should probably do some sometimes bead embroidery. You just need a treasure uh, yeah but but really <laughs> <laughs> you're asking the wrong person um i recommend that you put it in an antique secretary there you go and someday someone will find it and go what's this <laughs> Ooh, neat and they will put it in their own there you antique go. secretary and that's just how that it's like the circle of life for craft supplies <laughs> Although I do think that you could use it in some classy, perhaps 
pearl-related embroidery aspects, perhaps in an all-white situation yeah. if you were doing another, say, wedding piece or baby piece. Yes, it definitely, it, it, it screams heirloom embroidery. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Um, Ooh, I know what you should but do with But with the it. pearl, I like, I really like the pearl idea. Anyway, go ahead. Uh, you know the tradition of embroidering, um, or maybe you don't, because I didn't, um, embroidering the name of the baby and the year on heirloom baptismal dresses on the inside of the hem? Oh, for like all of the people who have worn it. Ah. Ah. That's a cool idea. There's my thought. There it is. There it is. There we go. <laughs> it's like also really a nice juxtaposition with the like baby animal cross stitch annou- baby announcements that I have in in my book, right? Like it's so opposite and yet the same concept. <laughs> I mean, it it could it just it's very lovely. It is. And, and it would be it would be perfect for that kind of thing. Hmm. Yeah, if, if you're going to have a fancy thing, yes, you may as well really go all in on the fancy thing. All right, so I will. That is my thought. I will save it for when there needs to be a fancy bead or pearl embroidery occasion. All right. I have no idea when that will be, but or if that will be, surely there will be some need for fancy bead or pearl embroidery. Ooh, I have many, many ideas all of a sudden for exactly that. All right. Well, you know, if you need some real gold embroidery floss, <laughs> let me know. <laughs> oh, I, it's, it's just too much. <laughs> Part of me wants to just, like, snip some off and try it to see how it compares with DMC's regular metallic embroidery floss. It's got to be better, right? I hope so, because <laughs> metallic embroidery floss is the worst. Yeah, it's nightmare material. Can you imagine so pairing good. that with beading? <laughs> no. I mean, yes, and that's the problem. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, yikes. Yeah. I. Wow. Oh, hey, you can still buy the... Gold anniversary embroidery floss with fancy box. Mm-hmm. I think my impression was that like it was a limited edition, and I think that they maybe overestimated how many people they thought would want to own said embroidery floss. But now I kind of want to own it <laughs> just because I could. But uh. oh well, the uh, DMC UK site thinks that you should do royal embroidery with it. Obviously. I have there are lots of crowns. I, I have looked into taking a course or two at the Royal School of Needlework. I have too. Yeah. You know, at some point uh-huh. we could take a field trip yeah. to go visit Katie and also Yeah. There are several obviously Royal School of Needlework there's also somewhere in Scotland where you can go learn about tapestries in a castle. Ooh. Uh-huh. Ooh. Uh-huh. You know, if enough people became patro- patrons of the podcast, they could just sponsor our our 
trip to do this. We would tell you all about it. <laughs> it would be worth it. I I promise. It, it could be. It could be. Oh my. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, on on that note, perhaps. I, we, we should veer away from... We, we should. We should. We're gonna... I've got a golden skein of floss. Yes. Yes. Um. I <laughs> I should probably pull out the kit, though, that I have and finally do something with it. Right? I would like to see what you do. I can tell yes. you it's not going to happen in the next three weeks. <laughs> I wonder why. Just a little busy over, over here behind the scenes, but... You know, it's fine. It's fine. Uh huh. It will be fine. It will be fine. There's much stitching, but all will be revealed. <laughs> it will be. Uh, I'm gonna wrap this up. So it's for the best. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> thanks for listening to the Very Serious Crafts podcast as we talk about unnecessarily fancy embroidery floss and also amazing, amazing things. Um, well, I think those are overlapping categories, exactly. but not necessarily, they're not mutually exclusive. Yes, that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Serious Crafts and on Facebook at Very Serious Crafts. You can also find show notes and all things Very Serious Crafts at Very Serious Crafts. Dot com, <laughs> which I just recently updated, so um, you should be able to find things a little more easily. Yay! Always helpful. Um, and finally, if you, you, yes, you, you, are Me. a fan of Very Serious Grass Podcast, please leave us a five-star review on whichever platform you use to listen to podcasts, because good ratings help us show up and recommendations which helps more people who love crafting find us the end <laughs> and done oh, <laughs> bye, bye. <everyone. laughs>